You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 5, Episode 7. My guest this week is Georgie Cork Neiman of Happy Head Co. I call it Happy Head Co. is H-A-P-P-I-H-E-A-D-C-O. You can find Happy Head Co., Georgie, on Instagram and on her website, happyheadco.com. Georgie is a wellness and creative coach, and she really focuses on the creative side. So ready to find out more about Georgie? Let's get started. Podcast Season 5, Episode 7. This is your host, Mitch. Welcome to the show, and welcome to this week's guest, Georgie Cork-Neiman of Happy Head Co. Georgie describes herself as a wellness and creative coach, but she focuses predominantly on business women, and she helps business women find their creative selves. And what does she mean by this? So Georgie believes that we're all deeply creative and that it helps business women and businesses achieve their greatest potential by uncovering the tools and the skills that our creative sides bring out. And you know, Georgie learned this through her own journey where she found herself and many other women she she worked with and were was friends with she found that um people uh that she was dealing with including herself were not enjoying the journey they were so focused on aspirations and goals that they missed the forest through the trees and it's really tapping into that creative side or georgie found it was tapping into that creative side that allowed people to see things more fully, more wholly, and actually made them more successful, both objectively in terms of successful business, uh, in terms of uh, numbers of clients and, and revenue and profits, but also more fulfilling to the business people. And I think that's the key, because let's face it, success is about fulfillment. Success is about loving your job. Um, how much you make or how many customers you have, that's a byproduct. At the end of the day, you can make a ton of money and be miserable every day. And what's the point? Uh, you can have a ton of customers and be, or, or even be like famous and just hate waking up in the morning. And what's the point? I think Georgie sees that point, And you'll hear in our conversation today that she sees that point. And it's through that point that she helps people achieve much more success because she helps them see that it's the journey that matters and how everyone's create creative juices, whether it's their their undiscovered or or the need to rediscover their creative side that helps them achieve that. So I don't want to steal any more thunder. Um, I'm just going to go without further delay. Here's my conversation with Georgie Cork Neiman. So, Georgie, thanks for being with me today. Mm, thanks for having me, Mitch. Lovely to meet you for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. Um, <laughs> we did have a, a pre-show conversation, and I got incredibly excited to speak with you from the get-go because I feel like 
both your journey and your focus uh, with with clients is very similar. I can relate to it. We um, we don't do the same thing, but we are like I would say. What do they call it? Like people have six <laughs> degrees of separation. I think you right. and I have maybe one degree of separation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that. here's what I'd like to do. If you if you don't mind, if you could just spend a, like a minute telling us what you do today, because mm-hmm. I'd like to set the stage of what you do today. And yeah. then we're going to go back and talk about how you got here. And then we'll and and then we'll kind of like get into some real conversations about your current work. So at a yeah. high level, tell us a little bit about your current business. Of course, absolutely. So today, um, as we speak, I am um I would cast myself as a wellness slash self-expression slash creative coach. I work mostly with actually work mostly with women, um, but m- women who are building businesses, building projects. Um, but the common thread between all of them, it's people that are looking to move into a lifestyle or create a lifestyle for themselves that blend a balance with their creativity, with building the projects they want to be building, their family, whatever is important to them, and finding a way to do that that is fulfilling, that doesn't burn them out, that doesn't feel stressful. So many people in that space wind up feeling strung out and all over the place, not really sure what to focus on or which direction to take next, who to surround themselves with. So what I do with them is we really focus at that on that holistic approach to creating something special, um, but in a way that feels good, in a way that, that works and feels good. Yeah, I think what you're describing, Georgie, first of all, I know that it's something you can relate to because we're going to talk about how you got there in a minute. But um, mm. more more importantly than that, some people are so driven by the goal that they almost try too hard to get there and that impedes them. Right. In, I'm a golfer um, and I'm a mediocre golfer at that. But um, golf is one of those games where if you coach golf, you tell you tell your your student, the, the less you try the better you'll become like take, mm-hmm. take a little pressure off yourself and you might actually hit the ball better. Like right. instead of focusing on your grip and your stance and your head and your arms, if you just like keep your eye on the ball and hit it, you, <laughs> you might do a lot better than all this other nonsense. And I think that's what you're saying um, in terms of the women you coach. They're so driven mm-hmm. on the end game that mm-hmm. the effort to get there could become even more challenging because of that drive. Yeah, right, exactly. And and it, and in fact, in very many cases, it can lose its magic, which is worse still. You know, when you lose the magic of your journey, you sort of get somewhere and you turn around and you think, but, oh, what does this mean? What did this mean to get here? I didn't either document my story or I don't even recognize what it was. It just felt like a mess of stress and and stuff to get me there. And you know, where's the beauty in that for me, they'll ask at some point down the line. So this is really about sort of understanding that the journey is so is just as important as where you get to, like you were saying. Yeah, it's focusing on pace that like we talked a little bit before about pace for me is really important. Making sure that the speed you're going at is is the right speed that allows you to reflect on everything else going on around you um, and and doesn't is not to the detriment of your life essentially and who you are as a person. So yeah, pace is really important. Why is it? I, I look at Instagram all the time and why is it that you see these like memes, these, these um, sayings that are inspirational and motivational 
And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And but when and then you experience it, and you're like, oh, that's what they meant by it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Oh, it's when you live it, you're like, of course. So, like you read it, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like, then you like experience it, and you're like, of course. And that's what you're describing. The journey yeah. is the fun part. Exactly. Don't forget yeah. the fun part. Exactly. Yeah. It's like <laughs> stripping the fun out, right? It's like, oh, I want to get to this thing, but I don't want any of the fun to get there. But that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, well, good. So now I understand and we understand Georgie a little bit. Um, this is great. Um, but you had your own journey to arrive at this point where you're helping oh. your 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 coaches and your your the, these aspiring women. Um you had your own journey. So let's take a step back because uh-huh. um, your journey and my journey isn't that uncommon either in terms of kind of like the scramble to get to where you've gotten to. Uh, so why don't I kind of leave that open-ended and let you tell us a little bit about how you arrived at, at this point in your career, in your journey. Yeah. I love, I love that we're similar in that way. And in fact, you'd be, you perhaps wouldn't be surprised at how many people I come across whose journeys are actually quite similar as well. So um, it's one of those things that sometimes we hide under a bit of a, a bushel, if uh, so to speak. But for me, um, I suppose I grew up. I grew up in the UK and in Spain, so my 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 family moved away quite early. And in moving away from my friends and everything that I knew, I think I I found myself a little bit disconnected from um, I I guess myself or or where I belonged. And I and I mentioned before that I spent much of my 20s and 30s sort of trying to figure out where I belonged you know I, and it wasn't until much more recently that I that I found that it didn't matter where I was it didn't really matter where I what I was doing in fact as much as it mattered about how I felt that connection with myself the speed I was going tapping into the things that I loved um I'm very much a person that I'm always looking for that next experience. It's really important for me to be finding experiences that excite me, that challenge me. Um, But for a long time, that came with a feeling of, hey, you can't stick at anything. Why is it that you're not going to do this one thing and stick at that one thing? There are all these voices around you that sort of say, particularly as a child, as a teenager, find the thing you want to do, do the university course you want to do that will get you there, do that one thing and and the rest will take care of itself. But for me, especially, that just isn't the case. It is important for me as a person to be adventurous, to explore, to understand that there are so many different rocks to lift up and look underneath. And, and I've very much come to peace with the fact that I will always be like that. And in fact, more than that, I love living like that. I love living in that space of exploration and and I love helping other people to live into that space as well which is really important for me and it's quite magical to watch when people finally give themselves permission to say the way I'm doing it the way I'm doing this my life might not be the way people have told me to do it but it's really empowering to be doing it just the way I want to be doing it which is amazing to see it's amazing to see that sort of bloom in people and it's lovely to connect on that level. So that's what kind of brought me here. Along the way, I've sort of gone through various jobs and um, in leadership and 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 other things. 
which ultimately led me to build one other business before my coaching business, um, which was a creative business in illustration and design, which I still sort of do on the side. It's side hustle. I hate that term, but it's a bit of a side hustle. <laughs> um, for me, for me, the Meet Mediocrity podcast is by side hustle. So it's there a you side go. hustle. There I'm not go. denying they exist. They absolutely do. There's and something you know about what? If, you, if you love your side hustle, it could it could really fulfill your life. So I love absolutely. this. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. The hustle. I suppose it's more the word hustle I hate than the side hustle. That's but... <laughs> fair. That's fair. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what brought me here, and I think it's what I'm doing now is very much a blend of all of those things it's a blend of wellness it's a blend of authenticity creativity and really just self-expression at its core who are we how are we going to get that out into the world in a way that makes us feel like yeah I am living into my own boots now and this feels great you know to be living my own version of of life and unapologetically as well which is what I aim to help people do Wow. That's a great, great tee up because you just gave me a ton of stuff to talk to you about. <laughs> um, but let's start with this, this whole concept of being um, constantly exploring and constantly yeah. looking for, for something interesting. There's a dilemma. I am in the middle of a dilemma and, yeah. and, and maybe we could, maybe you can help me with this. So there's this concept. Uh, so Look, I, I've ha- I've just finished season four of this podcast, which I did something different in season four, which mm-hmm. I talked all about things I wish I knew when I started my career, which is mm-hmm. interesting for a wellness uh, podcast. But I thought to myself, I had a lot of people say to me, Mitch, you're interviewing all these guests. What about you? Like, you've got a lot of interesting tidbits to share. So I did that in, in season four. And mm-hmm. here's my problem, Georgie. I've been in my career for over 30 years, I'm getting old now and Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for the next thing. Mm. And, and on one hand that has made me successful because, you know, I start a job and I'm saying, what's next, what's the next job. And, and I'm reaching a point where I don't need to be doing that. Like, I don't need to be like, what's the next job? What's the next job? Like I need to like get to a point now where I'm like, I'm not looking for a promotion. I'm not looking for a big bonus or a big raise. I'm looking for fulfillment and I'm having trouble reprogramming myself to like, enjoy the moment. Stop. But I can't, I keep thinking about what am I going to do next? Georgie, I'm sure you find people like that. What would your advice be? Don't just say try harder. (laughs) I would never say that. Tips and tricks here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it completely resonates with me as well. You know, I'm very similar. Like I said, you know, that need for exploration is a fundamental part of who I am too. And I don't envisage a time in my life where I will be anything different. But I hear what you're saying when you reflect on the fact that there's a part of you, it sounds like, that's saying, I love exploration and I'm always looking for the next thing, but am I missing something in my, these patterns? Am I missing something in this behavior? And so I suppose what comes up for me is something around what kinds of things are you looking for next? And is the question more around what you're looking for next? Or is it the fact that you look for things that are coming up next? Maybe it's just a question of, do I need to refocus, go off in a different direction rather than scrap the whole idea of looking for things to explore? By nature, it sounds like you are an explorative person. It may be that you never get to a point where you want to drop that. But 
what would you like are you doing this are you exploring the things you'd really love to be exploring or is it the subject matter that needs a shift that's actually what you just said is actually very more more insightful than it sounded actually because i'm tending at this very present moment to try to suppress the the um exploration and expo- ex- suppress this kind of like forward thinking mm-hmm. um and it doesn't feel right it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right to suppress it mm-hmm. um yet i feel like mitch you're a successful guy you're in in your your mid 50s um you need to like just enjoy what you're doing and and stop exploring um so i feel like so i feel like on one hand i'm expressing the explore i'm suppressing the exploration on the other hand i'm like but i don't want to because there's still more to live there's still more mm-hmm. to experience there's still more mm-hmm. to do and mm-hmm. so i think what you're saying is you can do both mm-hmm. you don't have you you can explore but you you but rather than explore for exploration sake understand what you're exploring for Mm. what that might bring you Mm. and can you add that to what you're doing currently do you Mm. need to do you need to kind of do a complete pivot or you do a a incremental pivot to Mm. me what you're saying is understand your exploration understand what you're looking for and 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 see what you could do to to bring that into your life it doesn't Mm. need to be a complete jump you don't need to jump and jump and jump to achieve mm-hmm. that you just need to be more aware yeah absolutely and i think that there's a part of exploration if that's something that is important to you that and this is what i was saying before about pace about slowing down about sort of coming to a point where we can stop and tune into how that actually feels for us so when you say there's a part of you that's like oh you know i really want to be exploring there's another part that's saying oh but you should probably slow down and stop how is that feeling it's it's all about you know when you think about not exploring anymore how does that feel you know and and does what does that mean what comes up in that space um i'm not sure it's one of those things that without sort of looking at the your deeper values and really where you want to be going with something it's an easy one to answer but it definitely sounds like tuning into the feelings of this tuning into actually a different pace for a minute and being inspired and being excited by the things that you're exploring, tapping back into that. And if it's not feeling exciting and joyous and, and fun for you, then maybe that's your key into a direction that, that brings that back into play. I would say that's a big part, fun and I, fulfillment. I love that. So um, you did a bit of a pivot during your exploration because you had a day job, you had a yeah. corporate job and you were thinking or, or or kind of dabbling in this, in this wellness or lifestyle coaching mm. um, area. Yeah. And you relatively recently kind of like made the plunge. So yeah. tell me a little bit about your journey in, to, to that big pivot point. You know, tell me a little bit about what led up to it and how it feels yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the corporate world, um, there are parts of it that I love. And in my last job before I left, I was leading a team. There were parts of that that I adored. I that that part of growing and being part of other people's development is almost like um it's a privilege that I, I feel it's a privilege to be there side by side with people. And I suppose that's how I feel in coaching as well. So that part of it never felt draining. It never felt difficult for me. It was a real joy. 
But yet there's another part of the corporate world that for me always felt that it pushed against my very being. It pushed against everything that I believed, um, at least in some corporate spaces, not all. So I have to be really clear here. I've worked in for NGOs. I've worked for a, a, a big NGO and, and that space felt entirely different, big and you know, global, but their, their values were very different. The spaces that they were working in, the way they treated the people was very, very different. And so I know that it can be done differently. However, it can be quite difficult to find corporate environments that um, align with your values as a person and that you can feel really proud and stand by what it is that they're trying to achieve. And for me, when I didn't have that, I just felt empty a lot of the time. Um, I could keep it going because I had that team aspect, that people, that person aspect to it. But there was just too much of the other side that I couldn't match with my own values. And so coming away from it started to become something I knew I had to do. Um, I knew I wanted to grow my own business. But yet, there, for obvious reasons, you know, going it alone is pretty scary. Um, even for somebody like me that is a real adventurer, I would say I'm sort of, I'm quite happy to take a risk. I'm lo always looking for challenges, but yet going it alone is quite scary. Um, you don't have anyone to fall back on. You don't have a manager to go to for feedback. You're just, it's just you. And so I was very aware of all of this. Having done it before to a smaller degree, I was aware of what I was about to walk back into, but yet, you know, that space to create a business in a way that I wanted to create it and, and, and move into a, um, a business where I could help people in exactly the way I wanted to and add in creativity if I wanted to and add in other aspects as and when I wanted to um, was so compelling to me and much more compelling than, than any safety net could be any sort of the safety of a corporate job. So that was me moving out and I did it gradually. My director gave me the opportunity to go part-time for a while um, I told him what I was doing and he was very supportive and allowed me that space to come away um, bit by bit over a few months. So it wasn't like I suddenly, it wasn't knee jerk and right, I'm leaving. It was planned over months and over years, in fact. So, and then gradually it was time to, to leave altogether. And I can't imagine going back now. I can't imagine um, doing anything other than what I'm doing. And in fact, I find myself quite unemployable half of the time, <laughs> unemployable to the sense that, you know, well, once you're doing this alone, you're about to say something, Mitch, sorry, I interrupted, but yeah, I don't know whether that resonated. What it I resonates <laughs> a lot. And, and so um, I want to talk about, about how you developed um, Happy Head Company um, in a minute, but before we go there, this whole concept, there's something you touched on with this NGO experience yeah, this corporate work experience that resonates with me, and I'm sure will resonate with a lot of listeners because if they can only learn from one another, yeah. Because I've had clients who are NGOs, and I've spent a lot of time with them. In fact, it's interesting me being um, in a big, um, you know, professional services firm um, and having a lot of diverse and interesting clients. Mm. Corporate clients. They're number one. They're num they may have missions. They may have um, um, so social statements, but their number one priority is to make money for their shareholders. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why they're in business. Yeah. And NGOs, their number one priority is towards their mission, yeah. their, their, their purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, the people who work in corporations and the people who work in NGOs tend to be incredibly different. The environment is different. The whole mood is different. I love being around NGOs. The only problem is I like spending money too. So I've got this dilemma. But if only they can learn from one another, because in many ways, the NGO is is far more authentic. Mm. However, it takes them forever to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. The corporate Mm. world is far less authentic but they get stuff done and they make money. And I feel like there needs to be a blend of those two. Um, yeah. I'm just curious. It was, you know, having worked in both before, mm. before you started um, happy head company. Yeah. Um, did you experience both of those differences or those differences between the two organizations? Yeah, absolutely. And what you just said really, really sort of hits a nerve for me. And it's something I've talked about quite a lot. And and have felt quite passionate about. I've been in meetings, in boardroom meetings in that corporate space, and just felt that very sort of heavy um, lack of care sometimes, lack of care for the people there, the, the the people within the business, and 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 a heart, you know, and and then knowing that it's possible to do things another way. I suppose I I always carried that with me, and. And I guess I, I take that through into my business today, that knowledge. And I feel so grateful that I was able to see it. I was only there for three, four years in the NGO, but it was enough time to really see that, um, that, that people can behave differently in different environments, given the right space, the right setting, the right nurturing, the right care. And like you were saying, there's, there's a, there's a learning across the two. There is, definitely space to for corporates to take on much more of that NGO spirit I feel um and I think that there are some businesses doing that but as I said it's I felt that it was difficult to find a space that worked for me that was the hybrid of the two I know that in this country we have what's called CIC so community interest companies and there's much more of this sort of social enterprise um coming along which is really wonderful to see. And my my hope is that somewhere down the line, there is this hybrid business model that really starts to gain traction as being the norm as opposed to the exception. Um, I think it's possible, but perhaps there's a long way to go. Well, you know, it's funny because sometimes you need to talk the talk before you walk the walk. And, um, you know, sometimes you need to say, I am um, into uh, fitness before you actually fit. Because you need right. to kind of get in the mindset. And I feel like that's where corporations are to a large extent. They talk yeah. about social wellness. They talk about um, environmental concerns. They talk about the importance of being um, aligned with society. But to me, for the most part, I'm generalizing greatly. For the most yeah. part today, it's words. Uh-huh. They're, not, they're, they're, they're talking about fitness, but they're not yet fit. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, but you know what? It might be a, a good first step. Um, and it's interesting. So Georgie, I'm going to pivot back to, to you and to, to happy head, because, um, when I was researching you and Uh looking at your website, I was struck by a vibe Uh and it's interesting because, you know, I've been doing this podcast for almost two years now, and I've interviewed dozens of people, dozens and dozens of people. And usually you get this vibe, um, of the person, um, Uh Before you even speak with them, some are kind of like fake it until you make it. Some of them are incredibly um, creative and and artsy 
um, and Zen, if you will, but but want to be business people and simply can't. Some of mm-hmm. them are business people tri- pretending to be kind of artsy. <laughs> you have an interesting vibe, Georgie. <clears throat> if you look at your website, what I and you and I also um, stalked you a little bit. I looked. At, <laughs> I looked at you at LinkedIn. I looked at you on Facebook. I stalked you, and. Um, <laughs> One of the things I got from you is like an actual balance. So your website gives kind of like a a a, a soft a soft warm feel, mm. a zen welcoming feel, but the words are not all zen and soft. The words are are really direct about connecting with yourself about appreciating what your goals are, you know, the term goals, you know, you know, people who are all about Zen and, 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 you know, kind of like spirituality, they don't talk about goals. They, Mm -hmm. but you've got this interesting blend. So Mm -hmm. I I got this vibe about you before I even met you. So tell me, you know, about, you know, you were working for a company, you had a very um, understanding boss, uh, you started going part-time, you were building building your brand, building your company, and now, and now you've yeah. taken the plunge. Tell yeah. me about your mindset and your approach in mm-hmm. developing your company, some of the things you've done since, since starting, mm-hmm. and, and, and what you see next for, for you and for Happy Head. Yeah, gosh, it's so lovely to hear that back. Thank you. That's a, for all those lovely kind words. It's you know you work in a bit of an echo chamber sometimes. It's lovely to to hear that. Is, I got the is landing vibe. in that way. <laughs> I got the vibe. Thank you. And in fact, what came up for me as you were talking was yeah, I do, and that sometimes has been to my detriment. That feeling like I'm not quite sure which camp I sit in has sometimes felt like a hindrance. If I'm completely honest, it's and not. Good. That's lovely to hear. But it it definitely has felt that way sometimes. And so I don't always feel like I fit in the spiritual, you know, out there box. In some cases I do, in some cases I don't. And I don't feel I sit 100% in a corporate box either. Um, I do blend, I do cross, I straddle the two worlds. And that is, I would say, my aim. And in setting up Happy Head Co., I, I really wanted something to resonate at those both levels. I wanted to create something that felt both practical and to a degree spiritual at the same time. I understand that linking to that sort of core of ourselves is only valuable if we sort of hinge that with some practicality, with some forward motion, with some ideas of what we're going to do with this, what we're going to do with this sort of sense of intense well-being. I love the fact that we get there and it's where I go first with my clients, but we have to, it has to be in partnership with other staff. And so I was always trying to create that space and I'm still trying to create that space. That is very much what I want to do. Um, but it's not always easy. I think, you know, I've, I've built the content myself. I've everything from the social media presences to the website, to the, you know, the ad copy that, that goes out, everything is done by me um and sometimes I wonder about the sustainability of that so I'm trying very carefully to make ensure that I can create frameworks around this so that I can grow this business and it's not just all about 
me. I never wanted it to be just all about me. I wanted it to be representative of a wider group of people um, that other people perhaps at some point can come in and support me with. Other kindred spirits around me I know are there and and I've got visions to build. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like yet, but I sort of see teams and beautiful flower-filled offices. And, and this is kind of where I want to go with it. I'm not, um, I would say I'm not a lone wolf. I'm a I'm very much a team player and I want to go into that space and, and build a group around me. Uh, community is essential, uh, something that I've come to really treasure. Um, and building it doesn't always come easy for me. Um, I've built sort of followings in Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, but I'm, I would say sometimes quite an introvert and I need to take time out of the limelight. And so that side of it has been something that I've worked with my coach on a lot, you know, being able to overcome some of these hurdles. And that's been essential for me. This whole journey is as much a reflection on my own development as it's been on supporting others with theirs and, you know, finding careers and businesses and projects and lifestyles they love. As much as I've done that for them, I've been doing it for me at exactly the same time, maybe just a bit further ahead. But nonetheless, it's a, a critical, essential part of what I'm doing is being able to maintain that hold on my own growth so that I can lead in a way that I always wanted to, which was, look, I'm out here doing this. And if I'm here doing it, then anyone can do it. You know, I left school when I was young. I did everything in reverse. Everything was a bit of a higgledy-piggledy, you know, self-discovery. If I can do it, you guys can do it. So, you know, I just wanted it to be very empowering space. I want that to come across, if nothing else does, that this is all about what you can do rather than the things that you think are holding you back. I firmly believe that, you know, humans are amazing and can do anything. You know, if, if only they have a model out there to sort of to strive towards or something in their mind that they want to get to. Well, first of all, you just taught me the expression higgledy piggledy, so I will use that. <laughs> I um, love it. But the, the I think the thing that's beautiful, beautiful about what you just said is the fact that you're you talked you spoke about your growth mm. in parallel with the growth of your your clients. And to yeah. me, that's a beautiful thing. If you can achieve that mutual growth. If you can achieve something where you're constantly seeing self-improvement and self-development at the same time as you're helping others with theirs, that's like, that's like the beautiful world. Like that's, that's kind of what I find from my podcast, which is amazing because the more I do it and the more I speak to people, the more I, A, become more self-aware, I become more personally well. So this is a bit of, um, I, you know, people say, why'd you do a podcast? I'm like, you know, it's a form of therapy for me. On the other hand, then I have people who, random people, random people who are like, I listened to season three, episode four with such and such a guest. And it was amazing. I really resonated with me. I'm like, you listen to my podcast. <laughs> They're like, listen to it. Like it really, it really helps me. And that's like the joy. The joy is yeah. like, you're helping someone and you're helping yourself. Yeah. That's that's where the corporate world becomes a challenge because helping others becomes indirect, helping yourself becomes indirect. And it's hard to hard to pull out those nuggets. Right. When you're doing it like you're doing it, I think you really you really hit that magic the magic formula. 
Mm, oh, I hope so. It's lovely to hear that it that it in fact as I say it out loud because it's not the kind of thing you say out loud very often right no, you if you're, what you're doing and so it's really lovely to to see how it lands and to see how it lands for me in fact and I and I think it's just about keep stopping and I come back to that pacing all the time there's something about keep pausing on the journey and keep pausing and saying is this still right is this still feeling good is this and if it's not then you know what take a day out and figure why figure out why that is it's never too late to it's, to sort of go back on the tracks i love that um quick question and i know I, i'm getting towards the top of the hour which is um when we wrap up but um i had a different final question but i'm going to do it this way instead um can you tell me how you do it so in other words, you're, you're coaching someone and they come to you with a lot of the experiences you and I have had, right? So they're, they're maybe a step or two behind where we were uh-huh. and you're coaching them. Uh-huh. But tell me a little bit about your approach. How do you help them find what you know that they're looking for? Uh-huh. I mean, some, and sometimes you probably know exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But but tell me a little bit about your process in helping them along. Yeah, I mean it's it's very my approach is very bespoke, I would say, um, and it depends on what people are showing up with. If I'm, it'll be different if I'm supporting someone. Maybe they're building a business from the ground up and they really want to jump in there, versus somebody who is maybe coming off the back of a patch of grief and really just needs to get their life feeling, you know, like it's going in a direction that feels good. So my approach does vary, but what joins all of my early coaching sessions together is um, I would say coming off the gas. So together we take a breath and we, we look at where we're at. We look at where they're, where, where they are in this moment and we make sure that the pace they're going feels correct for them we make sure that all of the things so it's exploration so there's a big piece around exploration I know it's a big thing for me but it's really important to understand understand what it is that is most important to them and that might seem really obvious but in fact I think it's something that we don't do nearly enough having someone sit there with you and ask you questions to help you go deeper and a bit deeper and a bit deeper and really start to bring your life story forward so that you can see, okay, well, this is my foundation. When did I last think about this? When did I last think about who I really am and what I stand from, where I've come from, so that I can start to build a way forward that feels really great? And I know for me, before I came into coaching, I don't think I'd ever done that. I don't think I'd ever sat with somebody and had that space to look at my life story and honor those moments and those milestones. I'm not talking about the big life milestones, but like those little magical ones that you don't really talk to anybody about that might be hidden somewhere in your subconscious. But yet you go into this coaching space and all of a sudden you realize there's this love for creativity or you realize that nature is a really big part of your life that you you were connected to at five years old, but forgot all about ever since. And so it's having that reconnection to all the different parts of ourselves. That is always where I begin. We'll do other things like we'll look at core values. We'll look at sort of um, creating goal frameworks when the time is right. But first and foremost, it's foundational. It's about 
you know, where are you? Who are you? What does this mean to you? What does everything that's going on around you mean to you? And from there, what do you envisage is a wonderful feeling life for you? So it's all about those feelings because we think we know the right answer sometimes. We think we know what to say. It's like, oh, yes, I want to make X amount of money by this point in time and I want to have this house and it needs to be by the beach. That sounds amazing, but is it going to feel amazing? Or when you get to those sort of things out there on the horizon, are you still going to be feeling, oh, I'm not, still not quite sure what this means? So we have to really dig deep. We have to go into those individual personal core values first and really understand that when we get there, it almost starts to not matter where we get to, although we still probably you know, often want to get there. But to get there and know that you're feeling all the ways you want to be feeling in your life is much more important than just getting there for me and for the people that I work with. So it sounds like as a coach or a guide, you know, you're asking a lot of open-ended, I mean, you just mentioned like a ton of open-ended questions. You're, you're kind of creating space yeah. for your clients to do their own exploration. Because when you're asking these kind of like why and how mm. questions and, and giving the person a chance to kind of, because that's what you just described, you're exploring a lot of really deep, deep kind of core values, but you're you're yeah. not it sounds like you're not telling people, even if you know where they need to go, you're just kind of asking open-ended questions and letting them figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, I always make the distinction between, so let's just say you're sat there and you're talking to a loved one close by to you in the living room and you're saying, I've got this amazing idea. Should I go for it? And and they say, oh, I don't know. Well, maybe you, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. They'll give you all the reasons why you should or you shouldn't versus the same conversation. And they say, well, what does that feel like to go for it? And they give you space to talk about how that might feel like to move into that space. There's a massive difference between those two things. I believe that as humans, we we want to just have the space to bring out all of the tools that we have already within us, which are only unique to us. My toolkit that I hold within me will be completely different to yours, Mitch, or to my husband's, let's say. And so there's no way I can assume to know what it is for him that will get him where he needs to get to. He, my husband or anybody else that I speak to needs to tap into all of that magic they hold beneath within so that they can use those. And it might be that they've never used them before. It might be that they use them once and haven't used them for many years or decades. But at some point in the coaching journey, it becomes clear that it will always become clear that you've already got it. You've already holding it. You're holding it all within you. It's just something held you back from getting it all out regularly. And it's like, it's like a practice. It's like learning to be a runner, which I'm going to be doing next year, by the way, I've sort of, I've committed myself to this big running race and it's, I know it's going to take practice. I know that it's, I'm not going to be a marathon runner by January, but if I keep looking at it month by month, day by day, keep addressing it by October, I'll be ready. And I, and it's, you know, nothing would change if I don't change. And it's that age old thing, you know, you need to make the progress yourself. You need to take the steps um, and believe that you've got it all within you. I think that, you know, people who are empowered do the most amazing work. And that's really the space that I want to be within. It's all about empowerment. It's all about giving that space to do the magic that you can do um, in a way that feels fun and exciting and a challenge. Um, and if it doesn't feel like that, as I said, you know, 
then that's the day off you take to readdress everything. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, Georgie, I was going to give you, I was going to ask you for one final thought, but let's, let, but let's pause on the, on the thought you just gave us. Cause it's actually quite the perfect ending, um, <laughs> by, by giving people space to be empowered, to empower oh. themselves they that that's where they will be able to create the most value for themselves and possibly for others. Yeah. And, and Georgie, the fact that that's where you are with happy head co and where you are in your own journey, I think that's the vibe I'm getting. And, and frankly, that's what, what attracts me to what you're doing <laughs> because I totally, it totally resonates with me. It totally yeah. resonates with me. So, um, is there a final thought at this stage? A final thought. Um, I suppose for any, I would love to share for anybody who might be watching and feeling like life is feeling a bit flat and a bit not quite where they wanted it to be. If there was anything I was going to share, it would be just to say, you're not alone, that so many of us have been there and there are so many ways forward. There are so many different ways forward all of which you hold, all of which you're holding somewhere deep within. And um, and I would say, especially in a time like now where the world can feel a bit upside down and higgledy-piggledy, to use that word again, I think it's more important than ever for us to build communities of people around us that are kindred spirits, whoever those kindred spirits are for you, and know that you're not alone. You know, this, there, there are lots of ways forward and whatever it is that you want to create in the world, Go out there and create it. Find the people that can help you get there if you need that and go and do it. That would be my biggest ending thought and message. Wow. I love that. Georgie, thank you so, so much for being with me today. Thank I you. really dig you. I, I like <laughs> what you're doing. I got the I got the vibe. Your messages really resonate with me. And I really expect they'll resonate with a lot of others who are listening to this as well. So thank you again. Gosh, thank you. No, thank you, Mitch. Thank you for the space. It's been really lovely to explore and to get some ideas and thoughts out. So yeah, thank you very much. Very good. Take care. So as you can see, that was quite a happy conversation. So uh, I really res- what really resonated with me is that, you know, Georgie really helped people uncover their creative side as a way to appreciate the journey and to achieve success in ways that numbers don't really tell the story. And I relate to this a lot because I am a truly a mix. My father is an accountant, very analytical, rules-based, uh, black, more black and white. My mother is an artist, uh, very right-brained, very empathetic, very people, human side oriented and really tapping into her creative side. I'm clearly a mix. And for the first part of my career, at least work-wise, I'm an accountant, totally focused on rules and being a great accountant. But over time, I really learned that it was my creative side, the side, the genes I got from my mother, uh, that was really the part that made work fun for me. And over time, I actually migrated away from doing less and less tax work, still working in, a, in an accounting firm, but doing less and less tax work and more and more work that was creative-based. So coaching and proposal development and things that I found tapped into my creative side. And in fact, 
this podcast is a tribute to my creative side. So, and it's really through the creative side for me that I found success big picture because I really, I literally go to bed at night, can't wait for the next day. I really don't mind Sunday nights because I really look forward to Monday. And it's by, and that is true success. So it was really for me tapping into my creative side that helped me find uh, an avenue and a journey and a, a direction in my work life that gave me inspiration and made work more fun, which frankly is more important and more of a measure of success than any dollars, cents, or numbers of customers or fame. So anyway, thank you, Georgie. Thank you for taking what was right in front of me, and I assume right in front of many of our listeners, bringing it to life uh, and helping us think about ways that we can tap into our creative sides to achieve our best selves. If you're interested in learning more about Georgie, reading her blog, maybe even meeting her and, and getting some coaching from her, it's Happy Head Co. H A P P I. That's H A P P I, not Y. H A P P I. H E A D C O. That's at Happy Head Co. for Instagram. That's HappyHeadCo.com for the website. So thank you again for listening to Meet Mediocrity Podcast Season 5, Episode 7. I continue to wish that you stay safe and healthy as we continue along this cold winter this year. And please stay safe and healthy, particularly with the COVID COVID Omicron variant continuing in our midst. Please stay safe and healthy. Stay positive and stay well. Spring is less than two months away. Take care, everyone.